this week on the Roommates Podcast. But a funny thing happens once guys start dating really attractive girls, which is that they sort of find that the best relationships aren't with the absolute hottest girls. Mm. They're still with very beautiful girls. They're still with girls that are very attractive. But maybe um, it's the girl that just is still attractive but has a better connection with you or you enjoy spending time with more that you end up actually having the longer, better relationship with. And I think that's what happens when you have when you have free choice is that you you find what you're really actually into. Um, and I, I think across the board, the guys that I that I know they've gotten good at game, they end up settling down with attractive girls, but I don't very few guys and well, just statistically this would be hard for it to happen anyway, but very few guys end up settling down with the absolute yeah. hottest girl they ever like sleep with. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, Hopkins, and welcome to The Roommate. And guys, I'm back in the Empire State, New York City. And this time around, I had to get one of my all-time favorite YouTubers, one of my all-time favorite personalities. This is somebody who I've been following for quite a long time. And I think the dopest part about this show is that not only do you get to meet a lot of your heroes and people that you, you know, are really inspired by, but you also get to bring them value so that they can be able to grow and advance and be blessed by whatever you have to offer. So, guys, please, 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 you're in for a treat. Welcome to the show, the one and only Todd V. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Yo, what's good, man? Not too much. Just working hard, man. I know, boy, you look warm, man. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> like a good sense. Like, I okay. feel like you've been grinding. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. The last couple of years have been have been intense but good yo so todd i know who you are our audience doesn't know who you are can you give us a bit of an elevator pitch uh yeah i'm basically uh you could call me a dating coach if you like um i about 20 years ago was really shy and awkward around girls and i decided that needed to change so i started going up and and, and talking to girls and figuring it out and saying some dumb stuff and mm -hmm. doing some dumb stuff um, but eventually, I, I kind of learned the ropes, met some other guys who were um, were, were working in that area, um, and I've been been coaching since 2004, so like 15 years, oh, um, wow. helping guys anywhere from like 16 to 60 um, yeah. to be more confident, present themselves better, um, communicate in a way that's that's more um, amenable to uh, to women. Um, and then I do a little stuff with um, with sales and, and business and whatnot as well, but um, mainly it's it's the dating. Okay, now that's dope because I think that. My friend Francis, shout out to Francis, another person, huge fan, as well as John Mark. And one of the things that we love about your work is we feel like you're the best well-rounded person in the field. You know, you have, you know, some of the guys who will will talk about one angle. Okay. And I feel like you have such a great skill of being so multifaceted. Like, you're never just like simply, oh, strategy A, and this is only what strategy A is about. You're like, okay, strategy A, but then here is also strategy B, and then here what strategy C can offer you as well. So you are like, you're able to like take like an idea like a diamond and just spin that mug around and just see it from all different types of caveats. And I think that's the dopest part about your work. I appreciate that. This is very complimentary. Yeah, one thing I, I say often is that the, the answer to every question in dating is it depends. Mm. All right, so you can ask me a question, and usually if you're coming out from this angle, it's this answer. If you're coming out from this angle, it's this answer. If you're more experienced, maybe you do this. If you're less experienced, you do this. If, you know, she's 18, you do this. If she's 30, you do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, there's a lot of different factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people will ask the question why in the world would guys need dating advice i think some of the perception is that you know 
all these guys are getting all these girls and it's so easy to get girls. Why would guys need dating advice? And what most people don't understand is that like that's probably one of the most searched thing on Google and on mm -hmm. YouTube. And so many guys are looking for advice. Why do you think there's a misconception that somehow, some way, guys are all guys are such, so naturally good with women? Um, I don't know. I, I I I don't know who has that that perception. Actually, I, maybe like women think guys are good. I think a lot of guys we all know we kind of suck. Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. I think that people don't talk about it publicly when they're if if they're not good in this area because there is this kind of perception that it's not cool. It's an, obviously kind of isn't cool to be fair <laughs> to not be good with girls. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely the perception. Um, a friend of mine once said every every guy wants to like convince themselves that they could pick up a girl and win a fight. Like, <laughs> if, if they th think they can do those two things, then they're like yeah, they're good. Um, but yeah, it's it is a little bit embarrassing to to say you know you're not good in this area. In fact, um, one of the funny things. Um, from a business perspective, interestingly enough, is that um, it's it's a little harder to get like word of mouth and referrals in this area than in some others. Mm. Um, I still do get a lot of my, my business that way, but because people don't want to tell people, yeah, right? people don't want to be like, hey, I'm studying this thing. They just want to like study it and do their thing, and yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. it just happened naturally. Yeah. Um, but it's a skill like anything else. You know, mm. some people some people learned when they were very young to be good at it. Some people like maybe their dad was was naturally charismatic, or they they met some friends who were like who were cool and like meeting girls. Um, or some people didn't, and especially nowadays. Um, with so much of success financially going towards tech and engineering and those kind of things, there are a lot of guys who become very successful at life who learn to be really good with computers and not as good with people. Mm. And so you see a lot of a lot of guys that are actually not very um, not very adept with women, kind of even like scared um, mm. to to even go talk to a girl. Yeah. So what's funny is that um, w one of the videos I enjoyed that you did was when you broke down Hitch. Okay. Yeah. 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 But uh, my story was very very similar. Um, like, you know, I was young and like Albert Brenneman, you know, no guy, no game. And I was so nervous and I was so afraid. And mm -hmm. one day I said, you know what? I had like planned out a speech. <laughs> and okay. I was going to go up to this girl after 10th grade and I'm going to go ahead and talk to her. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the genesis of, you know, me forcing myself because I, like I said, I had no skill. I had no natural talent. Okay. You know, I was like that. Um, uh, did you play any sports? In, um, I did. Yeah. What did you play? Uh, I played mainly soccer. I uh, also played a little tennis and ran track. Yeah. So do you know how like everybody had that one um, player on their team who had no natural talent mm -hmm. but just worked so hard mm -hmm. <laughs> and was so fundamentally sound that they became good? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's kind of like what I had to learn. Okay. So I'm curious about like what was your beginning journey like? What was the genesis and like how did that become? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't really have a, a choice. Mm -hmm. uh, like, yeah. It was it was it was get good or or be or, or like suffer basically. So <laughs> that, that was it. I actually had um funny enough. I did I did the script thing as well um, <laughs> in a way. But okay. So here's here's the funny story. One of my first cold approaches ever, and this was actually like very encouraging for me. Um, I was in Spain. Um, and we're on a, like a school Age? trip. Uh, like seventeen, okay. something like that. Yeah. Um, and I was the only one of the kids that spoke the best Spanish on the trip. And so we saw this like really cute girl in like th this museum and everyone's like, oh, she's so hot, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course as a guy, you want to be like, oh, I could go talk to her. And everyone's <laughs> yeah. like that. And somebody actually challenged me to, I'm like, all right, I guess I will. Um, so I went over there and I, I said in Spanish, cause I, she looked kind of Spanish. I said in Spanish, the, the equivalent of like, there's all this beautiful artwork here and you're the thing that I like, <laughs> I thought was like the prettiest or whatever. Right. Which is super, super cheesy. Yeah, yeah. But luckily for me, she didn't speak Spanish. <laughs> she spoke English. She's like, I'm sorry, I don't speak Spanish. Can you English? I'm like, I, I could try. And then and it ended up being a smooth transition yeah, and actually yeah, got yeah. into a conversation. Okay. Um, and so it was like very encouraging for me just by accident. Like yeah. if, I, if she'd actually heard what I said, it probably wouldn't have gone so well. Um, but it made me like, oh my. I was like, oh, this is possible. This yeah. could work. Um, and then when I started visiting colleges, 
Um, I had to go find out if it was a school I wanted to go to, so I had to go talk to people. It was, it was like, take the tour, which would tell me nothing. Walk around with my mom on a college campus, which is absolutely not <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, or I could walk around and talk to people. And I yeah. realized if I was talking to people about the school, I could go talk to cute girls as easily as anybody else. Yeah. And so I just like made my college tour about walking up and talking to cute girls and asking about the campus. <laughs> And I started getting invited to parties. They started like inviting me back to their dorm room to meet their friends and see the campus. Oh, I was like, wow. wow, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, and so then when I actually went to school, that was my experience of what college was. And so I just continued talking to girls. Mm. And I was not very good at it from the standpoint of a man to woman standpoint, yeah. but I could get into random conversations okay-ish. Yeah. Um, and I, I just learned little by little from there. Okay, that makes sense. What would you say is the biggest struggle that you've ex- that you've noticed that men have with women? I'd have to say the biggest thing is just getting up the courage to, to talk at all. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's surprising how much of, of, of a thing that is. Like the women aren't like they don't they don't have claws. They're not scary. They can't like you know. <laughs> yeah. But it it is, um, and it actually it's it's rooted in evolution too. Is because in in small tribes, if you walked up to the wrong girl or made a sexual advance towards the wrong girl or even just like a you know any kind of forward kind of statement, um, the chief could get annoyed at you you could get you know a bad reputation get kicked out of the tribe and then you're screwed mm-hmm. right so um it is it is like a, it comes from a real place but it doesn't make sense nowadays and it's it, it holds a lot of guys back because guys guys have this idea of like their their social reputation or this idea that like they they can't make a fool of themselves ever um and so instead of going and talking to a girl and telling her hey i like you or hey let's let's communicate they're just like oh no i'll wait for the perfect opportunity which obviously never comes mm. Um, and some guys like are literally terrified. Like yeah. some guys, like you, you try and go make them go talk to a girl and they like literally like plant their feet and they like <laughs> physically cannot move. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that's probably the biggest one. Um, and then the second biggest one after that, um, would be, um, that transition between having a casual conversation and making it man to woman. Exactly. Um, so yeah. No, that man to woman point was kind of like the main thing I started to realize mm-hmm. was one of my biggest struggles. But explain to the people what that means for those who are not familiar with that concept. Sure. Um, so every conversation is about something, right? Um, so if you walk onto a, like a car lot and there, there are cars there and a guy's talking to you about them and he has an office, he's probably going to sell you, sell you a car. Um, if you walk into like a, an office and people are wearing suits and they shake hands with you, you're probably going to have a business meeting. Um, and, and then if you just like start talking to a stranger, maybe you're standing in the line at Starbucks and you talk to the person in front of you, that's not necessarily anything yet. That's just like two strangers are bored in line. But if you suddenly like exchange names, now you've now you've said to that person, okay, it makes sense for us to know each other beyond this conversation, at least possibly. So you've made an indication that you at least want to be friends. Um, if you were to flirt a little bit or tease a little bit, now you've made an indication that maybe you considered a man to woman conversation. And people will usually default to the most common type of conversation yeah. unless you tell them otherwise. Mm. So especially, especially, well, in a, in a man-to-woman sense, because in the same way that men are, are terrified of making it man-to-woman with a girl because of the, the social risk of being rejected, women are probably 10 times as terrified. Because mm. if a man talks to a girl and gets rejected, that's like bad for his ego. Yeah. A woman talks to a guy and gets rejected, that's like 10 times worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you don't indicate to her that you're okay with it being a man-to-woman conversation, even if she likes you, she's probably not going to cross that bridge and so guys end up in what i call the half hour conversation to nowhere right? just like talking about the weather talking about the bar talking yeah. about where, where they traveled to but they never actually indicate hey you seem like an interesting person hey i find you attractive let's get to know each other yeah. because that's the scary bit that's the part where like it might be socially unacceptable no that's a, that's a, that's a really really good part because like you said you end up like driving around the cul-de-sac of nowhere you know mm-hmm. like you end up just finding i remember um there was that video when you were coaching that one guy 
and um the i forgot it was the last video you put out where you actually showed the beginner who was going out right and just like that that was just apparent that like okay what else yeah yeah why are you talking to me yeah 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 yeah. so um why do you think i mean you you kind of broke it down a little bit why you from evolutionary standpoint why do you believe a lot of guys are so afraid of it Mm -hmm. but i think a lot of women think that it's so easy Mm-hmm. A lot of women will be like, what do you mean he's afraid? Why are you being afraid? I'm just a regular person. Just come up to me and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And then most guys, like, that's not the normal experience. Like, most women are not receptive. Do you what, do you believe that? Or, like, what are your thoughts about that? Um, it's kind of funny because most women would be receptive to a decent approach. Yeah. But most guys can't do a decent approach yeah. when, they're, um, when, they're, when they're in a situation. Um. I'm trying to think. Like, um, I guess that's the question again. I, kinda, I was at like yeah, ten yeah, different yeah. thoughts. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. So what I was saying was, a lot of girls think it's super easy okay. to go up yeah. to um, for a guy. Like, why don't you just go up to uh, me and talk to me? But for a lot of guys, it's like it's not that easy as women make it seem like it is. And to mm-hmm. the point that you just brought up is that for because a woman's thinking that like the golden standard of guys approaching her perfectly, mm-hmm. of course I will be open to that, but mm-hmm. that's not the normal guy. The normal guy might be a little bit nervous, might have a little bit of insecurity, might mess up, and then he's afraid of then getting rejected. So yeah, like, of course. how do you feel, why do you feel like there's such a bis- big disconnect when it comes to that? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Doing doing a, um, a good approach is not an easy thing, um, especially, weirdly enough, if you don't do it a lot, mm. right? So if you... Let's say that, you know, you've been you see a girl, you like her, and you start thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. And and you want to do it right. And so you start thinking, what's the right thing to say? What's the right thing to do? How do I say this? How do I say that? If you go deliver that thing that you've just planned, it's not going to work. Mm. And the reason it's not going to work isn't even cuz it's not good. It's because it won't be taking into account her experience at mm. that moment, right? So if I plan out like some like some line, um like even if I'm going to say like something basically, hey, you look cute, I want to come say hi to you, mm-hmm. which is not the greatest line ever, but it's like it's decent enough to get you in a conversation, yeah. right? So guys will go in and they'll use that line. Um, and the problem is because there's so much, I'm going to go use this line, the girl will respond to them and start smiling and having a different conversation and they'll just keep saying the line, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, like the, the guy will go in and be like, hey, you look cute. And the girl's like, oh, yeah, you too. He's like, okay, yeah, so you look cute. I just wanted to come say hi to you. <laughs> he just like wants to get his line out yeah, yeah. as opposed to being like, oh, cool. So, yeah. you know, since we obviously like each other, let's, who are yeah. you? Let me meet you. Yeah. Um, and so it's very hard. And I think guys, because they put a lot of pressure on themselves, because they want to be charismatic and they want to be cool, but they also want to not offend, but they also want to take the risk of making it man to woman. It's all these competing things. Yeah. It puts them in their head. And so they start just kind of trying to do this, do game so mm. to speak yeah. um as opposed to actually interact with the person in front of them mm. and that, that really messes messes them up it's like imagine if um and i was just thinking this a minute ago because like just you know being on a podcast kind of an interesting um scenario as well if i were to sit here on this podcast and like plan on what i plan what i'm gonna say five minutes from now i would be awful yeah right because i would be totally out of touch i wouldn't be answering the question i wouldn't be interacting with you yeah. instead what i have to do kind of is I have to be like listen i'm here Whatever gets thrown out at me, I just trust myself to handle it, yeah, 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 yeah. and we'll figure it out. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. you know, if I'm paying attention, that's where the good conversation is going to come from is from that interplay. Mm. Um, but it, the more nervous someone gets, I think the more they just want to not mess up. Yeah. Um, and so they they start to um, do these maybe formulaic robotic things, mm-hmm. which make them very very weird. The other thing too is that I think your your brain is designed to try and keep you from 
from messing up. It's designed yeah. to keep you from embarrassing yourself. So when there is silence or when there's not much going on, your brain is thinking, don't take a risk, don't take a risk, don't take mm. a risk. And it's actually making it hard for you to do that. Mm. Whereas if you um, were to just start talking, then um, your brain would be, well, the way to not be like embarrassing now is to keep talking. Mm. So a, a lot of times what I'll tell guys to do, like one of the thir third big um, call it sticking point that guys have is quote, running out of things to say. Yeah. Um, and so what I'll tell guys to do is just start a sentence, right? Because if you're like, I don't know what to say and you're sitting there in silence, your brain's gonna be like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it'll be awkward and they'll be like, okay, well, nice to meet you and leave. <laughs> yeah. But if you just said, you know what I love? And then she's like, what? Well, now you have to talk, and now your personality is going to come out, and now your brain's like, well, I guess I better finish the sentence. Yeah. Um, but just motivating you to bring your best self out um, is not as easy as, as you might think yeah. um, under all those, those different conditions. Also, um, this, this goes a little bit beyond just the talking to, to, to someone thing, but um, we're not trained necessarily to convey ourselves in the best light, or we're not, we're not trained to... Let me put it this way. So the advice that everybody gets gives in, in terms of dating and game mode is just be yourself, mm -hmm. right? But as a guy, what if yourself is a guy who spends all his time in front of a computer, haven't talked to a girl in weeks, and never had a girlfriend, and mm -hmm. wouldn't know what to do like sexually if you were with a girl? Yeah. <laughs> like just be yourself is not really great advice for that guy yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. if he like once he grows into you know grows into himself and gets some experience and practice, it might be good advice. But just be yourself is going to be nervous and shy and feeling, and this is a big thing, feeling unentitled, mm. right? A lot of guys honestly feel like they don't deserve girls. Mm. Right? They feel like, oh, she's, she's too good for me. Why would she like me? And if that's what you believe and you just be yourself, you're just going to tell her that you're a bad idea. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> no, I think um, that mindset that you talked about is just, is like you said, it's a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. Like if you go into the game thinking that you're going to lose and obviously more than mm -hmm. likely you're going to lose. So it's very important for guys to, you know, begin to shift that mindset. But I, I'm just hearing a lot of guys just saying like it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Right. It's easier said to, hey, just go up to there and, and go and talk, you know, than to actually go and do it. Mm -hmm. So what would you like? What is your advice to those guys who are kind of in that rut, who, who are afraid to shoot, who are afraid to talk, who are afraid to initiate? Like what, what would be your, your one of your first suggestions for them moving forward? So I say a couple of things. First thing I would say is that um, especially if you're talking about a situation where you're never going to see like a random girl out somewhere, you're never going to see her again. Yeah you really have zero to lose, yeah. right? So you just need to understand that um, it's not about um, doing what feels emotionally safe. It's about doing what's actually smart in the long run. There are a lot of things that are smart that you can do and a lot of things that are good you can do in, in life, especially when it comes to like <clears throat> sales, prospecting, business type stuff, that they're not pleasant. They're not like nice. They're not always going to get a, a positive result, but they're the right thing to do. Mm. Like if you're in a business, picking up the phone and cold calling someone, you're going to get a rejection more often than not, but it's still the right thing to do. So sense. as a guy, if you're walking up to a girl... Even if she's going to reject you more often than not, fine. Let's say you're going to walk up to a girl and she's going to reject you nine times out of ten and one time out of ten she's going to like you. Yeah. Let's say this is a girl you're never going to meet again. Well, those rejections, those nine rejections, maybe take a grand total of five minutes. Mm -hmm. That one girl that likes you could be your girlfriend for the next six months or a year or the mother of your children. Yeah. Right? So um, while it's not, it doesn't feel emotionally pleasant – you just have to kind of man up in a way and just say, like, I'm not just going to do what, what feels good. I'm going to do what I know is right mm. and just, just step up and do it. Yeah. So that that's number one. Um, another mentality I would take is a mentality that your job when you go talk to a girl isn't to be the most slick guy ever or the most witty guy ever or have the perfect line. Your job is to just 
be the best person you can be and put that on offer. Yeah. And if she's open to that offer, that's great. If she's not open to that offer, maybe she's not the right girl for you, and that's fine too. And mm. your job is is not to necessarily try and impress the girls, at least at first. It's mm. to um to try and find the girls that like who you are. Yeah. Um. And, and in order to do that, you just need to put yourself out there. No, that's good because I think it what's what's what you're describing to me seemed like a very masculine frame, mm-hmm. and in the masculine frame is this sense of identity where I'm showing you who I am, and your response to who I am has nothing to do with me. Exactly. You know, and like, but the problem is for so many people, it's like their response to you is how you feel about yourself. So, for example, like with the show, I'm always having to, you know, reach out to people and ask them to come on the show. And then sometimes when people tell me no, I'm like, oh, my show must suck or I must suck. But it's like, no, like maybe they're busy or maybe they're not interested or maybe they don't see the value, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe a year later, you know, it's going to create a new opportunity. So it's such a big challenge for people because so much of their identity is based upon what other people feel and think about them in the moment, especially when you meet, go up to somebody who, do, who you don't know. Exactly. Like their, their opinion on you doesn't, shouldn't affect you because they don't know who you are. Exactly. Yeah. They know you, they know 10 seconds of you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you find differences in um, meeting women cross culturally? Because one of the things that me and my friends were noticing is that, um, you know, like if you're going up to like a random white girl, in the South, you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. a certain, you know, warmness <laughs> to her okay. versus like, you know, maybe a black girl in New York City, you know? So do you ever find differences in cross-culturally? Sure, of course. Um, so like women essentially biologically are pretty similar, like genetically, biologically, they're kind of like born the same, mm-hmm. but everybody's had a different life experience. Everybody's been been brought up with different beliefs. Um, everybody has had different, they've, they've been either accepted or rejected socially in various ways. They've had different dating history, that kind of stuff. Um, and they've also been taught like different cultural norms, like religious norms and and societal norms and things like that. So that obviously plays into what I call girls blueprints, Mm -hmm. like kind of who she is and what she sees as value and how she pictures a relationship. And so I think it is important to take that into account. Like, um, it's kind of funny. So a a beginner in game will be way too caught up in like what the girl thinks Mm -hmm. so that he can't express himself. Yeah. Intermediate guy in game will be expressing himself, but kind of oblivious to what the girl thinks because he hasn't learned that level <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, Because he has to learn that what the girl thinks isn't everything. I'm, I need to be me first. Yeah, yeah. And then an advanced guy, what he'll be is he'll be being himself, but he'll be being himself with um, paying attention and caring um, about who the girl is. Mm. Um, and so, for example, um, let's say a girl is from maybe um, maybe a, a culture that's more conservative, and maybe she's dressed more conservatively and seems like she's she's shy and 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 doing a quiet activity. Um, my approach to her might be, I might not be quite as loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I might not, I might be more just generally conversational before I make it as man to woman. Those kind of things I may like just give her a little more time to get used to the fact that a stranger is talking to her. Yeah. Uh, whereas if someone seems like they're pretty outgoing, they're with a group of people, um, like laughing loudly, brightly dressed, like showing some skin, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then in that case, I might assume they're, they're a little more socially receptive and I might go with something that's a little more more impactful or hard hitting right up front to get their attention, especially if there's a lot of energy in the group. Like say girls are like all dancing together or something like that. You have to go with enough energy to get their attention. Um, so I'm, I'm obviously making something of a guess, um, as to what this girl is likely to be receptive to. Um, but then the most important thing is once you've made that guess is to check, you guess and check and you want to be paying attention to the actual girl in front of you. I mean, as, as much as you can, you don't want to be like stereotyping. You want to be reacting and, and interacting. That makes perfect sense. So you've been in this game for over 20 years. Does Todd V still take L's? So like L's and losses? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Um, 
yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty impossible to be, to be perfect at this because, um, so but by the way, this there's there's all kinds of forms of this too. So yeah. this could mean walking up and talking to a girl cold, which is what I one of the things I specifically teach. Um, but also just dating in general, yeah. right? Um, and dating dating in general and meeting people the way most people do, um, or a lot of people do, like online or friends of friends, social circle through work. Um, that's much easier, and it's a lot easier to not take L's. Yeah, um, yeah, in yeah. that. Um, like for example, I was, it was a period where I was actually a professional poker player for a few years and just at the casino where I was at just randomly interacting with girls, I, I met and dated probably the four most attractive girls at the casino, like by accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just cause I had this, this skill and then I, I just had a, an opportune situation. But when you're walking up to someone cold, you have to understand that they're not what you said before. They're not seeing you. Yeah. They're not, they're not judging you. They're judging your first 10 seconds. And they're also filtering that through whatever else is going on in their life. So maybe they're late for work, right? And if they're late for work and they have a project due and they're stressed about it, no matter what you say, <laughs> it might be hard to get on their on their yeah. radar and get their attention and get yeah. them to spend a moment talking to you. Yeah. Um, and so that's not really necessarily your fault. Or a lot of girls are in a relationship, mm -hmm. right? And so depending on you know where that in their relationship and how much they value that, um, there may be no way that you're possibly going to you know, get on their radar or they may just like on an ethical moral level have decided I'm not talking to guys because I'm in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's all these different factors that, that will play in. Um, and so there are a lot of things kind of quote unquote outside your control. Mm -hmm. What you can do is you can give yourself a good percentage of successes, um, and make it so that there's no girl that's like unattainable to you. Mm -hmm. Like so that you have enough, you can convey yourself in a good way and you can have enough attractive qualities so that any girl under the right circumstances could become your girlfriend. Um, yeah. And that's what you're really going for. And then as you get better and better, your, your percentages of, of a successful interaction, whatever that means to you, whatever your goal is, um, do increase significantly. No, that's really good. And the reason why I asked you that is because I think for some guys, they have this myth that, you know, everybody else is winning all the time. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? They have this myth that everybody's shooting from 100 from three-point line, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, like even the best of guys lose and going back to the point we said originally is that when you have that frame, when you have that identity, like the, the loss doesn't dictate who you are. You know, mm -hmm. everybody loses doesn't mean everybody's a loser. And, um, but one thing that you have seen now is that for the guys who have lost, now they're becoming to be like somewhat of extremists. And you talked about it in one of your, in the videos about like some of these new alpha males things and some of these gotcha, new red yeah, pill yeah. things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the guys is like, because they've experienced, you know, maybe a type of girl, now they've demonized all women the mm -hmm. same way some of these radical feminists have experienced a kind of guy and have demonized all men. Sure. You know, so what I know you talked about a little bit in the video, but like, like, were you seeing that like being more and more prevalent in, in your space? Yeah, there's certainly there certainly is a trend towards that. Um, at least somewhat. There, there, are, there are guys that go that direction. I think what happens is guys put a lot of time and attention and, and they try and make themselves a, a good deal for girls and they try and put out what they think is what a girl wants. And then when they try really hard to please or to, to be that, that type of person, then girls still reject them. It can be very, it can be very frustrating and probably like pretty, like, I don't say hurt, hurtful is not quite the right tense of the word, mm -hmm. but it can hurt. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's tough and it, it's a lot easier. Uh, I think in that case to make excuses or to put the blame elsewhere than to put the blame on yourself. Mm. So it's like, Hey, I, I tried doing this thing and it didn't work. It must not work as opposed to thinking maybe I didn't do it right. Mm. Or maybe I wasn't, maybe I didn't do it long enough or try hard enough or whatever. Um, but I think it is, it is easy to, to quit when you're frustrated or easy to, to, to put the blame outside of yourself. And I think that's where a lot of that can come from. Um, and then a lot of it also, I think comes from 
the idea that men have a certain kind of stereotype or idea about maybe what they think women should be. Mm. And maybe that stereotype or idea doesn't quite correlate with female nature. And so they're trying to make the woman what they want her to be mm. as opposed to just loving her for what she is. So break that down. What do you think that stereotype is that most men are believing? And then what do you think they really actually are? Um, I think you guys have a few different stereotypes of girls. Um, one one common one, which has kind of like been researched, is um, that, and it, it has even reasons why why it makes sense to believe it. But uh, one common thing that that guys guys believe um, is like they call it the, the Madonna whore dichotomy. Mm. Um, and so the idea is that the girl's either this like perfect angel that's like marriage material mm. and like comes from a good family and never never does anything wrong and you can trust her. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, there's this girl that's like this like total promiscuous like untrustworthy awful person that yeah. like maybe you'd hook up with her but you'd never want to see her again that kind of thing um and that's not really it's not really true um in my experience in my experience the the nicest most sweet girls at times can be absolutely scandalous both in good and bad ways yeah, yeah, yeah. um and the most like um utterly like scandalous even like criminal type girls can be incredibly loyal, incredibly faithful, incredibly like loving mm-hmm. under the right circumstances, and and it's true for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true for, true for for men as well. Um, I mean, put put the same, have, put two identical twins in different situations, they'll end up. One may end up like being like a pastor. One may end up being a criminal, right? Yeah. Um, so I, a lot more of of the situation is situational, and a lot more of of women's behavior around men has to do with what the what the men are contributing to the situation mm-hmm. than they might think. Right. And so a lot of times if a, if a guy is continually getting girls acting a way he doesn't like around them, possibly he's causing that because hmm. either either he's um, indicating that his values are a certain way or he's doing something that is is not um, putting himself in the in the right frame for them to act a certain way around. him. Right. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it can be very, very difficult, though. The game is very, very complicated. Um, it's it's simultaneously simple and complicated. Yeah. What I always encourage people to do when learning is compare yourself only to your previous self. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because as soon as you start comparing yourself to other people, that's where you get kind of resentment and envy and different things like that. So if you're looking over and you're like, well, that guy has, has girls and like, why do they like him and not me? Now you're going to be jealous and resentful. On the other hand, if you're like, listen, last week I was scared and couldn't even talk to a girl. Now I can talk to a girl and have like a, a, a nice 30 second conversation even though I'm still not great with girls, that's massive progress in a week and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, now, you know, a few months later, zoom forward. Now you're getting some phone numbers and some dates. Okay. Granted. Yeah. There are other guys who are doing better than you, but compared to your previous self, you are making progress. If you can keep that, um, that perspective that like, it's not about how well you do compared to other people. It's not about, um, judging or, or, or deciding like what other people should do. It's just about doing the best thing you can do and trying to see, how much you can grow and how much you can improve your life and the lives of those around you. If, if you can do that and keep that perspective, I think that's, that's a lot healthier. That's good. And going back to some of the, you know, the alpha male, the red pill, the MGTOW kind mm-hmm. of communities, one of the biggest things that they've been talking about is how different women have become in the modern era from, okay. you know, the past 20 years. So obviously, like I said, you were doing this for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a staunch difference in female behavior in regards to where they congregate, in regards to like text, me- like responding to people and all that? Have you seen a difference or do you feel like it's generally the same? Um, It's interesting. I think that like communication and human interaction 
are not fundamentally going to be that different from one era to the next, but it's going to occur over different mediums. Okay. So, um, like one thing is the go- the culture of going out and going to nightclubs and stuff like that. Um, one, I think possibly fewer girls are going out to nightclubs a little bit than they used to, um, because there are things like Tinder and, and online dating being socially acceptable and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's other ways to meet guys. Um, and also there's, there's even like social media becoming a form of dating app almost. Um, so, that that has definitely been a factor. The other factor was that in in nightclubs in general, uh, bottle service didn't really exist much twenty years ago. Yeah. Whereas now it's a huge thing. It's huge, man. Yeah, it's huge, especially so, in, in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, in any big city, yeah. New York, L.A., Vegas. Yeah. Um, so, but that that makes a big difference in terms of like accessibility um, to to women for for an average guy, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, I think women still respond to the same things. They're still attracted to the same things. Yeah. Um, but think about a world with and without bottle service, right? Yeah. A woman would still be attracted to the same guy, but the guy who maybe doesn't have as much money may not even have the opportunity to be put in front of her yeah. for her to become attracted to him, mm. right? And so you may see a little bit more of a shift towards um, women being with guys that have money because just situation and opportunity, for example, right? Or with online dating, you may see a little bit of a shift towards girls being with guys who are more physically attractive mm-hmm. because they're being presented in an atmosphere or an environment where your picture is the first thing the girl's seeing, yeah. right? And so you will see a little bit of that. But um, regardless of that, you still have to go on a date with a girl and you still have to be in a relationship with a girl and you still need to have certain skills. There are plenty of guys that I know who are very good looking and do very poorly with girls. Yeah. And sometimes they'll, I, I've had a lot of students where like they'll get a lot of interest and first messages maybe on dating apps, but they don't know how to carry it through to a date because they lack the skills. Mm. All right. Or um, as much as bottle service in some ways will help with getting girls. There are so many guys that will go to a club They'll get a bottle and then they'll just be sitting at the end of the night alone with their like <laughs> all all drunk up five thousand dollar bottle, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. alone going home by themselves. Mm. So, um, those things are all all great and they're all useful, um, but they're not with without the game behind them, they're not gonna or without the understanding of female psychology and how to interact and the social skills behind them, um, they're not gonna carry you through. Also, even guys who meet girls in that way. Within the relationship, they start getting into unhealthy relationships or relationships where um, where maybe they're not as happy as they could be, mm. right? So maybe a guy meets a girl because um, he was put in a good situation or maybe he's a celebrity or has money or whatever. But then in the course of that reaction, the girl's going to find out who he is and test him and, and different things like that. And if she finds out that he's not what was promised, yeah. she may get resentful or angry or start like um kind of walking all over him those kind of things so if you want to have relationships kind of relationships that are healthy um this is actually for men and women relationships that are healthy and on your own terms the the social aspect of it and the aspect of un- understanding how to interact matters as well as whatever extrinsic sort of value things you may have that's good and the point that you brought up about you know the difficulties of going out meeting people is a really good point because i remember going out in like 2008 and seven before smartphones were out mm-hmm. and then you know at like for for that part like going out like most people had to like interact with people you know mm-hmm. you go out today with cell phones everybody's snapchatting you know doing stories so it's like mm-hmm. now it's another competing factor that you deal with for sure. so if there was a young guy who said i'm interested in meeting women and i'm interested you know having a relationship what would you say? If, do you have like your top three places, or do you have the places that you feel like will get um, give them the most success? Um, the best place is wherever you are naturally. Mm. Um, the best, the actually the the actual best place to meet a girl 
is where you are there and you're passionate about what you're doing and you're just meeting them organically. Mm. That's like the absolute best place because that's where you're going to meet the girl that's most congruent with you. Um, and that's where you're going to meet the girl in a place where you're being your best self and you're most relaxed and that kind of stuff. Mm. The problem with that is that it's going to be a narrow scope. So let's say, um, okay, here, here's a, here's a kind of a, a weird, bad example. So growing up, I was, I was a really good chess player. I was like captain of my chess team, state champion chess player. Okay. I did not meet a lot of girls playing chess because <laughs> there yeah. weren't a lot of girls in chess club, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And also because it's not a particularly social activity. I mean, you could talk across the board, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so maybe the best atmosphere, if there was, if there happened to be, if you could have like created for mm-hmm. me this like angelic hot girl that would be in my chess club, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have yeah. been a great environment yeah, for me yeah, to yeah, meet yeah. the girl. But it's just not going to happen. And yeah. even if it does, even if your thing is like yoga uh, or something that does attract a lot of girls, then um, you still within that yoga class, you can date like maybe one girl. And then if you do date one girl from that yoga class, maybe you get a reputation or yeah, maybe yeah, like, yeah. You, you know, different things like that. <laughs> and so while that is the best place to meet a girl, um, it's also very limited because you have to hope that the girl that's right for you or the girl that you'd really enjoy dating is in that environment. Mm. And so that can be problematic. Um, and so for that reason, I think that casting a wide net is a good idea. Um, it's just kind of like like the free market, right? Yeah. Like the, the internet makes um, pricing across the board more even and, and makes it easier to find the thing you want. Same same way as like going... So this is kind of weird because we're talking about technology, so I didn't mean it in the te- technology <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. way. I just meant in terms of having a lot of choices in front of you, right? Yeah. So if you're going to a lot of different places to meet girls, online dating being one of them among many others, I guess. Um, but if you're going a lot of different places and meeting more girls, one, you're going to put more girls in front of yourself and see what you uh, see what you like and see who likes you more often. And then two, you're going to actually learn and, and adapt your choices better and better as well. Yeah. You know, what's fascinating is that um, that point that you brought up about um – the importance of being in your environment. Me mm-hmm. and my friend Francis, we, we had this formula, <laughs> and we called it PTO. Okay. Um, proximity, time, and opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, basically, to me, it's like, imagine it as a, as a gym, right? So, P, proximity, obviously, being close to the person is like, how how do you have access to the gym, mm-hmm. right? Or do you have access to the goal? Some people are, you know, on three-point lines, some people are knocking on the door because the door is locked, you know? Mm-hmm. Then time is, you know, how many times do you have to make the shot? So time is, like, how much time do you have to meet the girl? So there's some girls, like you said, that you can meet tomorrow and you'll never see her again. And there's some girls who maybe you're in an organization together and you guys see each other every week so you have a little bit more time. And then the most important thing is, oh, opportunity, which is having to shoot the basket, mm-hmm. right? So you can be as close to the goal as possible and have 24 days to shoot. But if you never go and shoot the basket, you're mm-hmm. not going to go ahead and play it in. But I, I think how you – that's why I like so, so much about you, how you're able to juxtapose that. The, the challenge is, is, like, in some settings, once you shoot, you can't shoot any other baskets, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> Like, you're kind of you limited. Yeah, you only have it. one ball. Once, once it's up there, it's done. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say there, there's actually a, a fourth thing, though, which is, like, um, you could call it skill or you could call it who you are, and I think it's a combination of that. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to put two, two different guys in the same situation, two different guys in the same class. For mm-hmm. example, like, take, a, like, a class full of, like, maybe college class full of, like, cute girls. Um, put two different guys there. They both have the same proximity, both the same amount of time, Maybe one's scared to talk to a girl or whatever, but assume they're both like pretty like willing to yeah. talk. One guy's still going to do better because of um, he's going to convey himself in a better way, and then also he may just be more congruent with attractive qualities. Mm. So there is another aspect which is working on yourself and making yourself the best package. Because yeah. again, with economics, like if you are the best product, 
it's easier to sell. Yeah, like exactly. you can you can you can have two companies. You can have the best product and a mediocre salesperson, yeah. or an awful product nobody likes and a great salesperson. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do better off with the best product. Product and placement; those are the two P's in regards mm-hmm. to marketing. That's a really good point. So, do you believe in marriage side? Um, I believe it exists. <laughs> um, no, I, um, I I believe that. Um, I think marriage is really great for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think that um, definitely, I mean, I don't know all the research on this or whatever, but yeah. I think that children, when raised with two parents or in a, at least a stable environment with like multiple people that are caring for them, yeah. tend to do um, tend to do better. Yeah. So I think it's very efficient. I think there's a very good reason why over the course of millennia, um, the the familial unit of mother, mother father, children, um, has been a thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it makes sense in terms of evolution as well. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of really good things about it. Um, I personally, I do have, have a child and I do have, um, a girl who I, you know, she's the mother of the child and, and we're dating and we live together. Okay. So it very much resembles a marriage. Yeah. Um, I do also given the, the career that I'm in, um, I do also date other girls and she's well aware of that. Oh, wow. it's, it's, it's well known. Um, so, but I, I does do she have, date, does she date other guys? Um, she doesn't, but she would technically be allowed to. Okay. So yeah, yeah. polyamory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, but so I, I do have a very marriage like, yeah. um, scenario. Um, and I love it. It's, it's amazing. It's great. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it's the absolute, um, for me personally, having dated as much as I had and having like, having had learning to meet girls in the process be such a formative thing for me. Um, it'd be very hard for it'd be very hard to tell me that like I could never talk to another girl again um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. that was a huge part of, of of me maturing as a man. It's like in the same way that if like like Michael Jordan, like a lot of his life experiences came from basketball and, and growing up around basketball. If you told him like like maybe someone was like you you can marry me but then you can never touch a basketball again, <laughs> yeah, he'd be yeah, like yeah. wait what? <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's a very hard thing to do yeah. in, in that particular case. Um, I also do think that um, around marriage, a lot of the the laws around marriage are perhaps very favorable uh, towards women. Mm-hmm. So as a man, um, it does make sense if you don't like the um, the default social contract or, or marital contract, it does make sense to maybe do a prenup or maybe have your own sort of yeah. relationship contract. Um, but I, I do think that that the marriage unit is, is a very smart one and works really well, especially for kids. Yeah, no, um, definitely. So I, I agree with that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the research backs backs it. And so one of the the things that I've noticed is that a lot of guys who are actually looking for dating advice are really not looking just to, to sleep with a whole bunch of women. Mm-hmm. But a lot of guys is really just how to get one girl, you know? Absolutely. Have you found that to be true as well? Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. At the start of all my programs, I, I have each of the people like stand up and, and tell us a little bit about themselves and whatnot. And what their goals are. And I think more often than not, the goal is not to go like sleep with hundreds of women or anything like that. Um, I think more often than not, it's it's to meet the the girl who you can settle down with and not feel like you settled, not mm-hmm. feel like you just took the one girl who would have you, but that you actually found the girl that was right for you. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest ones. The other biggest one, I think, um, isn't even directly to do with girls, but it's to feel like they have some control over this element of their life. Because mm. for a lot of guys, I think dating feels incredibly random. It feels yeah. like... I don't know when the next girl is going to come along that likes Chaos. me. I don't know when I'm going to have the next opportunity. So even if they're – take a guy that's in a relationship even. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're in a relationship and you're not even that happy. You're like kind of, uh, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if it's really healthy for me. But then you look at like the the, the stark wasteland out there of <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how I would yeah, next yeah, meet a girl. Yeah. Then that's going to keep you in a relationship that's not good. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of people just want to have that, that control and that belief that if they need to meet someone, they know how and they have a viable strategy. So that they can feel comfortable, even just in the relationships they're in. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a really good point. And 
going back to the point about how a lot of guys are looking for relationship, I think, like I said, that's one of the biggest myths. Like all, most women will think reading the blogs or going to certain websites, reading certain books, they'll think that all oh, these guys are players. All these guys, no, the majority of guys just wants to figure out how yeah. to be able to date or meet one girl. Yeah, I think in general, this is gonna sound like counter to like what societal the societal narrative is, yeah. but I think that men are actually way more romantic than women in general. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Why do you say that? Why do I say that? <laughs> Um, because like guy guys get way more attached to girls way more quickly than girls do to guys in in most cases. Um, like guys will girls don't understand girls don't understand how much um a, a guy met a new girl got her number and will obsess about that first text yeah, and obsess yeah, yeah, about yeah, like yeah. oh I really like this yeah, one yeah, she's yeah. really special she's yeah. really cool. Um, whereas so I think it I don't I think I think it's actually kind of a, a sad statement in a way it's kind of that, that most men don't have as many options and that's why they're more romantic mm. um, because for a woman take an attractive woman is being presented with new dating relationship sex options on a many times a day yeah, basis yeah, yeah, yeah. right like I think um, Chris Rocky even had a joke he said like every single guy that talks to a girl saying do you want some dick right <laughs> do you like some dick with that um, so an attractive girl is getting a lot of opportunity presented to her um, a man, even if he's relatively attractive, is not getting presented anywhere near that many options. Yeah. And so it's just a lot more likely that men will um, get attached to that option more quickly. And yeah. so in a lot of relationships, um, it's actually the man getting more attached and wishing the girl would stay around faster yeah. than the girl to the guy. Mm. Um, now, in a lot of like a lot of my students, the people I work with, it's it's the opposite. But um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is, I think, a lot of times in the world at large, guys actually get more attached and more obsessed than girls, not because of anything inherent, but just because they have fewer options. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And uh, are you familiar with the apex fallacy? No, what's that? So basically, the apex fallacy is this idea where people will take the standard – like, like for example, let's, let's use basketball, okay. or let's use soccer. You like soccer? Okay. Let's take Messi or Ronaldo. Okay. They'll look at Ronaldo and Messi, and they'd be mm -hmm. like, "Wow, man, all soccer players are rich, and all soccer players have a whole bunch of girls." They take the guy as a standard and use them to judge the whole entire group. But gotcha. in reality, like any distribution graph, you know, most people are barely making it in the middle, mm -hmm. not at the very peak of the top. So what you were saying is that a lot of what we've noticed is a lot of women. And also, guys do this as well. Mm -hmm. They take the apex standard of men. You know, they take the Leonardo DiCaprio's, the Brad Pitt's of the world, you know, Zac Efron's, and then they will think that, okay, everybody else is living like this lifestyle, especially women think this way. It's the craziest belief. Mm -hmm. I remember this one girl, she asked me, she was like, why are all these guys flying girls out every single weekend? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> how all many guys, guys are doing that? How you many know? guys have yeah. money to even <laughs> pay yeah, for yeah. girls travel? But they, like you said, they believe like this apex standard. Mm -hmm. And what I love that you do is that you show the reality. You know, through evolutionary biology, through your psychology, as you say, both through your experience, the reality of how it really is in this world. Yeah, um, the apex um, thing is is a very interesting model to look at um, in terms of dating. Because so first of all, if um, the Leonardo DiCaprio's and Cristiano Ronaldo's have all these options, mm -hmm. and uh, some of them obviously will be dating a lot of girls because they have those options, just think about what that does to the dating pool in general, mm. right? So if you have if you have one percent of men dating 50 times as many girls <laughs> as as the rest what does that leave for the bottom half the bottom <laughs> bottom quarter of men that leaves yeah. them like dateless yeah. right so what ends up happening and this is always it's not just a modern thing it's always been the case is that the top per few percentages of men have all the female options Monopoly. and then um the lower lower tiers of men have very very little so i ask a question it's kind of like a trick question um but say if you were to take throughout all of history the average um number of girls slept with by a guy um, and I don't mean like like mathematical average. I mean like the the middle guy, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. guy Median. number fifty, the yeah the meeting guy. Yeah. Um, 
how many girls on average would he have slept with historically? I would go 0.5. Yeah, it's like like zero to one, yeah. right? It's, it's very, very yeah. little. It's probably zero, to be yeah. fair, like or very close yeah. to it, um, like round down. Um, but it's crazy to think about, yeah. right? And and that actually, that actually, if if you, there's a lot of implications from that, but that informs on a lot of um, a lot of male decisions and male strategies in dating in terms of when you should take risks and when you shouldn't and, and things like that. But it, it is pretty crazy to think that the average male output in terms of like like having sex is actually zero historically. Yeah. It's really like a, a sobering thought. I think somebody once said, and I, I don't fully have all the details on it, but they were just saying that we have more females in our ancestries than males, like in regards to, I forgot the point that he was making about it, but I for, I totally forgot his name, but I remember he well, he's evolutionary psychologist and he was just saying that because- Because uh, one man slept with a bunch of different women, yeah, like yeah. Gen- Genghis Khan, yeah. like half of Asia kind of thing. Yeah, and then okay. just, and not just that, that, a lot of guys died. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like a uh-huh. lot of guys would yeah, just literally did not reproduce and, at all. You uh-huh. know, but for for example, like I think my friend was like the average woman is at least going to give birth to at least two children. You know, the yeah. average guy is like negative five. <laughs> you know, what yeah, I mean? like yeah, something, yeah. Uh, something something so small that it's sure. like you know most guys are not reproducing, and and that's what like I said, a lot of people really don't know this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really don't know like yo the guy in the median. Like, just like any, like in America, like people are like, oh, these Americans are rich. You go to Indiana, you go to Ohio, you go to a lot of these flyover states. Mm-hmm. These people are barely making it. Sure. Barely struggling. Sure, um, yeah. And another thing I wanted to ask you about was, it's a really interesting thing. I, I wanted to talk to somebody about it, and you're big into evolutionary psychology, so uh-huh. I, I'm curious if you ever heard about this before. But somebody was suggesting that, um, do, would you say, let me ask you a question before I jump into it. Would you say most of your clients and people you work with want really hot girls? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's not a trick question. Generally, yes. Yeah. Although, well, there's there's a question of whether they, they think they want it or whether they actually want it. Like, they want all the things that come with it. That's another question. Yeah. But, like, at least if you were to ask them, they'd say yes. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, it was this idea that the guy w- this guy brought up, obviously, you know the evolutionary reason behind youthfulness, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't got to go into that sure. for you. So one of the things that th- this guy's name is Ty Tashiro. He wrote a book called The Science Happily Ever After. Have okay. you read it before? No. It's a really great book. So one of the things that he said was that back in the day when you wanted to marry a woman, first marriages were smaller because life expect marriages were shorter because life expectancy was shorter. So you weren't looking to marry a woman for 50, 60, 80 years. You're basically looking to marry a woman for as long as you will live. If, if mm-hmm. you're a man and you became, you had your wife at 24 and you died at 34, that's 10 years. Mm-hmm. So... You were looking for a woman who could reproduce the most effectively. That was the purpose of marriage. Mm-hmm. And the woman who could help you reproduce the most effectively was a youthful, healthier woman. Sure. So that's why, obviously, evolutionary, we look for those things. But in today's world, like child, like child mort- uh, infant mortality rates, very low. Very yeah. low. So the likelihood of a woman giving you a healthy child is extremely high. So the evolutionary reasonings of the past in which we used to uh, uh, address women is not the same anymore because now people want um, now people want these marriages that last or relationship that lasts 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So before evolutionary, people were looking for sprinters, you know, okay. and yeah. now people <clears throat> want marathon runners, but mm-hmm. they pick sprinters to get marathon runners. Yeah, makes so, sense. so do you, do you see like that some of the, the vanity in regards to looks that a lot of these guys are so obsessive over is actually like in today's world kind of unnecessary? Um, I think that, uh, so two things. I, I do think that the, the, the youthful and genetic aspect of evolutionary psychology still hold, it still matters a little bit, okay. but it doesn't matter anywhere near as much. Yeah. So maybe it's like 
a quarter as big of a factor as it would have been historically or yeah. something like that. So you're right that it's like definitely diminished in, in importance a lot in terms of in terms of that. Um, what I what I've found typically with guys that date a lot of girls because I I am fortunate or unfortunate enough to know know a lot of guys like that. Um, I find that when a guy has 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 dated and, and slept with a lot of girls, uh, they they have kind of a period where they're they're increasing their I'm gonna say I'm gonna say quality meaning just physical appearance and youthfulness, mm-hmm. and that's that's not the yeah, way yeah, that's not the right way of saying quality. Like that's not what quality is. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna say it in that context okay. just for a second, just yeah. so I don't have to like explain it every single time. Okay. Um. So they're they're looking for that like that like physical physical genetic quality as like the major thing, um, for a while until they've gotten it until mm-hmm. they've if if they've been with girls of of a certain caliber of appearance, mm-hmm. I think that guys who are really obsessed with this and guys who are really dedicated to this have to at some point get with girls that are of a certain level otherwise they won't feel like they've they've been fulfilled or they won't yeah. feel like they've they'll feel like they've let themselves down or they've quit on themselves or something like that mm-hmm. but a funny thing happens once guys start dating really attractive girls which is that they sort of find that the best relationships aren't with the absolute hottest girls. Mm. They're still with very beautiful girls or still with girls that are very attractive but maybe um, it's the girl that just is still attractive but has a better connection with you or you enjoy spending time with more that you end up actually having the longer better relationship with and i think that's what happens when you have when you have free choice is that you you find what you're really actually into um and i, I think across the board the guys that i that i know they've gotten good at game they end up settling down with attractive girls but i don't very few guys and well just statistically this would be hard for it to happen anyway but very few guys end up settling down with the absolute yeah. hottest girl they ever yeah. like sleep with yeah. right they end up sleeping with or they end up settling down with a girl that's like definitely cute definitely like you know attractive and like you know not homely but um <laughs> but the, the one that they get along with the best the one they enjoy spending time with more than any other um cuz for guys at, at a certain point um when you're when you are in a relationship with a girl it doesn't make that big of a difference if she's like mega hot or just yeah. pretty hot. Like yeah. you're just you're you're with a cute girl and she's your girlfriend and you love her yeah. and that's that's that. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And that was what the guy was talking about in the book. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying that first, it's like you yearn for this like golden standard of beauty because you think if I can just get the hottest of the hottest girls, it's gonna satisfy me. Mm-hmm. And the problem is most guys never get that. You know, so it's like man, it's like the. the Typical, the, the typical person say, I can't, if I was rich, I'd be happy, but you'll never be rich, so you'll never know that. And the mm-hmm. people who are rich are like, oh, you're not be, you won't be happy because I got it, and it doesn't satisfy me. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, in reality, it's like the internal things. Mm-hmm. You know, like you say, as hot as she is, if, like I said, if you like traveling, she hates traveling, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're more of a, you know, introspective person, she wants to go out and party 24-7, it's not going to work. And, yeah. uh, and I feel like a lot of guys, because they're so conditioned and we're so focused on the outward that they end up spending so much of their time chasing these women who like are like the tippy top outwardly in regards to beautiful, mm-hmm. but then like you can't live with this girl for more than a month before you want to choke yourself. Definitely, <laughs> I think money is a good metaphor there because yeah. it's it's that same diminishing returns. I think I don't know what the number is, but somebody said like up to a hundred thousand dollars or something like yeah. or maybe a little over that nowadays with inflation, but um, up to that that point. Mm-hmm. Money definitely makes you a lot happier. Yeah. Beyond a certain point, it really it's very diminishing returns. If anything, it maybe makes you more unhappy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it definitely doesn't keep making you happier. Same thing. I think that there's a certain standard of girl that if you're if you're with a standard of girl in terms of appearance, mm-hmm. where if it's below that, you just like 
you're not as attracted to her yeah, and you're yeah, just yeah, like yeah. your your genetics are saying no don't <laughs> um, but a- above that level it's kind of like look she's probably going to give you a healthy offspring and you're good yeah um and at that point it's more about the experience for sure that's dope so for a young guy who is wanting to get their life in order let's say you know they haven't been on much dates you know they're socially awkward they're a little bit scared you know you know maybe you know they're trying to find a job what would be some of your advice like this is the first step that you need to take to be able to get your life to the life that you desire um so <clears throat> i give i give two different sets of advice there's the mm-hmm. there's the job advice and then the the girl related advice okay um as far as the the job stuff um in, invest in yourself and your your and and what you want to do first put like prioritize the time you need to get your goal set that aside at the start of the week and do not violate it mm-hmm. right so if you're if you're in school to try and study for something set aside your study time and like that's your study time you do not touch it um make sure that you have your base handled there um and and whatever that is if you're if you're trying to like be an athlete make sure you set aside your practice time and your recovery time and your eating time and you do not touch it so that's the first thing is make sure that you're you're together as far as that goes um and that's that's separate from the girl thing um and it's important i say that because a lot of guys because talking to girls and pursuing girls is show, is rewarding and is fun um guys get very obsessed with it mm. and especially once guys start to have success with it yeah. um they stop caring about some other things in their life sometimes mm-hmm. um because you know in terms of genetics and evolution like you're trying to get success at life evolutionarily primarily to to reproduce, reproduce. Yeah. so if you have all these hot girls coming and sleeping <laughs> yeah. with you all the time you're yeah. like oh, i'm good i don't need anything else <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um and that works for a while but it, it will stop working as you get old that's why there's the stereotype of like the the high school quarterback who mm. like you know never made anything of himself mm, right because life point. was too easy he was too happy he didn't work on anything other than being a quarterback and he mm. gets injured and he's done mm. um so it is important to to do that that first and make sure you have a base where you are you're handling you um, in terms of the talking to girls thing, take it slow and, like I said before, just worry about being a little bit better the week this week than you were last week. First step is just to get social. Yeah. First step is just start talking to a lot of girls and start making friends. Um, the best piece of advice my dad ever gave me that I never took um, <laughs> was to um, – he basically said when I was like 13, he's like, look, Todd, you know, one day you're going to start looking at girls and they're going to start looking pretty good to you. Um, what I recommend you do is just say hello and goodbye to every girl you know. Mm. Whether whether you find them attractive or not, just say hi and bye to every single girl. Just yeah. be friends with the girls. Yeah. Um, that's the first step I would really encourage from everybody um, for a couple of different reasons. Um, one, it's not that hard, right? Just say hi. You don't have to worry if she says hi back even. You just said hi, you were friendly, that's it. Mm-hmm. If you say hi to a girl like that you're seeing in your, your normal life two or three times, she will say hi back the third <laughs> time. It would be weird not to. Yeah, yeah. And then after you've said hi back and forth a few times, next time you see her, she's going to say hi first. Yeah. And then next time she's going to ask about your day and now you're friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the, the easiest thing. Um, cause it doesn't, it, it requires effort, but it doesn't require any skill. Yeah. There's no skill involved whatsoever. Um, and also there's no downside. There is no one that's ever gonna be like, there's that creepy guy that says hi to people. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. what? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so it's completely safe. It's completely positive, And it's going to get you a lot of experience and good interactions and put you in good places. Um, so that would be the first thing I would, I would do. The second thing, um, that I would say is to just accept that, you are a guy and you like girls and that's okay. Mm. Right. Cause I, it's very easy in the modern world to be like ashamed of liking a girl, um, and to be embarrassed about liking a girl or, or to think that it's not okay to express that mm. it's okay. Like it's okay to give someone a compliment and say, I think you're attractive. I like you. Mm-hmm. That's not, 
that's not doing them a disservice. That's not harming them in yeah, any yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if if someone else like shames you for it, it's like, oh, you have a crush on whoever, be like, yes, I do. She's a wonderful person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't I have a crush on her? Just yeah. own it. Yeah. Right. Um, I know growing up, um, I had a lot of experiences where I would like a girl and I would even like try and talk to her and try and get her to like me. But then if anybody ever pointed out that I liked her, anyone ever pointed oh, like man, to the person, no, no, I don't, I don't. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, and yeah. that's 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 weird. And that's actually mean to the girl. Mm. Like that's actually doing a disservice to her. Like so if if you genuinely think someone's attractive, own that fact and be okay with it on every level. Be okay with it on a level of like you're a man, you're supposed to like girls, right? Or you're supposed to like whatever you like. But yeah, like you're yeah. supposed to be sexually attracted. Um and then if um you know, if, if people give you shit about it, be like, no, like I I do. I own it. I'm okay with who I am. Like that's that's a fundamental thing that's going to help you across the board in life, but especially in games. If you truly accept who you are and are okay with it, it's very very hard to lose a social interaction. Like to like lose. I mean, like to be low value in a social interaction if you really are okay with who you are. Mm. That's good. I want you. I want you to to close with that. Okay. How does a person get to that point? Because because I'm we're looking at you right now. You're extremely confident guy. You have you're a very successful business. Like you seem like you're really really comfortable and relaxed and safe, and Thank really you. <laughs> you know what I mean. And just like just really confident in your shoes. But most guys either have to fake that, mm -hmm. or most guys would really don't feel that at all. How does somebody get to that point? That's a really interesting question. And um, it's interesting that you brought up faking it because I think they're actually, to an extent, it's okay to fake it a little bit, okay. um, at least at first. So I, I said earlier, kind of there's the whole like be yourself thing. Mm -hmm. and, but if, if yourself hasn't gotten a result, if yourself isn't who you want to want to be or want to be in the long run, it's okay to just start acting as though either you're the person you eventually want to be mm -hmm. and let yourself grow into those shoes. Because what's going to happen if you do that is you're going to be tested on it. And going through those tests is going to make you that person, mm -hmm. right? So- if, for example, you want to be more confident, but you're not, not, this shouldn't be the only thing you do. One thing you should do is like try and figure out all the reasons you're confident and try and like live a life that creates confidence in yourself. But the other thing you should do is just go act confidently. Yeah. And what will happen is guys will get guys and girls. People will give you shit about it. People yeah. will give you a hard time. They're like, who are you to act? Like, what what, what brought you to this? Yeah. But um, when you're forced to deal with that, with that, with that pressure and that tension and, and handle it, that's going to actually make you into that confident guy. It's a kind of like the idea that like pearls are created by like pressure, mm -hmm. right? Um, so faking it till you make it, especially if you know the right behavior, can be good to a point, but you also want congruence and you want it to be real. You don't want it to be a fake behavior. And so you kind of have on the one end, you're like, here's the behavior you want. You're going to fake over towards it. On the other hand, here's who you are and you want to grow up, toward, yeah, up towards yeah, it yeah. and you're going to meet somewhere in the middle. Mm. Um, and that's really the ideal thing. Um, yeah. The other thing I would say, and this is just general life advice, is um, get rid of the word should in your vocabulary to an extent. Because mm. um, if you start thinking, I should be good with girls when you're starting out, no, you shouldn't. Yeah. You haven't practiced this. This isn't a skill you've learned. It's okay that you're not good at it right now. Now, yeah. it's not okay if you're not good at it in five or 10 years yeah, if it's yeah. a priority for you. Yeah. Fix that. Yeah. But right now, it's okay. You shouldn't be there. Right. Or like, for example, like if I started in the gym, like, oh, I should be in better shape. No, I shouldn't because yeah. I've been working on my business or doing other things. or I haven't been working out. I shouldn't be there yet. Now, I should be there in the future. <laughs> yeah. Right. But where I'm at right now is exactly where my actions have gotten me. Mm. And that's OK. The only thing that matters is taking the step from where I am. And the first part of that is acknowledging reality, acknowledging where you are and being OK with it but not being OK with it for the future. Yeah. Right. We have this phrase where we say we got it from this pastor and. 
Texas called Matt Chandler. He said, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Exactly. That's exactly what embodies you said. And so last question. I know I said that was the last thing, but I just one more thing came into my mind. And 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 this is the most common question that we get from guys. And I want to hear the Todd V expert opinion on it. But uh, um, a lot of guys will say that they they met a girl. You know, they're interested. The first interaction was male to male to female, relatively positive. And then, you know, they're trying to then, you know, text them and try to take them out. And they realize that they're flaky, not as responsive, you know, one day hot, one day cold, you know. Would your advice be, you know, A, you know, keep on being persistent, you know, try maybe later, or would your advice be B, um, you know, she's obviously not interested, you waste your time, move on, or would it be C, something completely different? <laughs> uh, the answer to every question in the game, which is it depends. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so it, it depends if you're going to see this girl again at some point. If you're not. If, yeah, so... Yeah, so if you were, I'd say drop the texting and just go see her in person. Yeah. If you're never going to see her again in any case, then there's literally no downside to you to continuing to text. Mm-hmm. However, you don't want to invest a lot of time and energy into it because it's probably a waste of time. Yeah. Um, and so maybe just occasionally like throw out a little feeler or something like that or um, maybe not political correct advice or whatever. <laughs> I, I would mass text. Like if I have a few, you know, if you're talking to a decent amount of girls, you're going to have some girls that have flaked off on you. Yeah. Um, I would just send a general text about your life and I would literally send the same text to a bunch of different girls. Yeah. And if they respond, great, you're back talking to them again. If not, you know, it's it's the equivalent of they saw like some little thing on their Facebook feed, they'll get over it and move on with their lives. <laughs> yeah. And if they if they ever want to so just be like, stop texting me, in which case you actually would. <laughs> um But there's there's really no downside to continuing it. And you'd be surprised, um, because a lot of times the flaking is not necessarily due to you entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the girl liked you a lot, but she didn't tell you she had a boyfriend because she liked you a lot. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, the next day, she's like, well, I have a boyfriend. I really shouldn't be texting this guy. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, a few months later, she doesn't have the boyfriend anymore, and you happen to have just sent her one of those little feeler texts. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, hey, I remember this guy. And she texts back, and she's interested, and you go on a date. And I've had that happen. Mm-hmm. I've had girls that were not super communicative, and then like six months later, we end up going on a date and it ends up being great. Mm-hmm. So that can definitely happen. Um, so you just you just don't know. Yeah. You just know. Also, it's possible the girl's really busy, and she doesn't, like, in a vacuum, if she had literally nothing to do that day, she would see you. Mm-hmm. But in her busy life, you just weren't enough of an impact in that one short interaction you had to get on her radar above the other things that are going on. But let's say that you send out one of those, like, again, feeler texts, or you just start talking, and then she happens to have a day where her other plans fall through, and she really has nothing to do, and you just text her, she's like, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, Why not yeah, today? Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> so you may as well give yourself that chance, right? Yeah. It's the same thing as like um, if you're in a, a sales organization, right? You're doing you're doing calling prospects. Um, obviously, you call your hottest leads. You call the the leads that are most likely to buy and the leads that are most qualified to buy. Mm-hmm. But if you have if you've run out of leads, or if you just have like a, a CRM or whatever that <clears throat> is going to bring up the you know to just touch base, like hey, by the way, uh, remember that in sales, remember that that thing we talked about last year? How are things coming? Yeah. Right. And I've had I've had people sell me stuff that way, right? Yeah. Like maybe I had to talk with them two years ago. They they just ping me every six months and they're like, "Hey, how are you doing?" Like, actually, you know what? I am in the market for your product <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, so yeah, yeah. why not? So you literally have no downside to doing it, so you may as well do it. But do it non-annoyingly first of all, and do it positively. Don't get like angry and butthurt and weird <laughs> yeah, yeah, about yeah, 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 yeah. it, yeah. right? And then if if a girl, this is the, like the golden rule across the board for anything, like no means no, right? If a girl tells you to stop 
talking to her, stop talking to yeah, her. Yeah, the girl yeah. tells you to stop doing something, just fine, whatever. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Mm. Right. So that's that's the the basic thing is you're think of it this way, you're offering value. Right. Mm-hmm. You as a person, if she were to go on a date with you, she doesn't know. She just met you a little bit. Yeah. But if she were to actually go on a date with you, it would improve her life. Yeah. And you should believe that. Mm-hmm. You need to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so you're offering this product or service that is of value. Yeah. As such, you should keep offering it until the person actually indicates they're not interested. At which point you say, Okay, fine. Not interested. Yeah. Not smart enough to understand my offer. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. I'll go on, and then and then you move on. Yeah, man, Todd, you're awesome, man. Thank you. <laughs> I try. I appreciate really, you really, having me. Here. Really appreciate you. So, um, mm-hmm. for our audience who wants to reach out to you, connect, um, message you, where's the best place to connect with you at? Uh, I so say there's two places. One is my YouTube channel, which is YouTube um, Todd V Dating. I have a second, which is Ask Todd V. So either one of those. Um, or my website, which is toddvdating.com. Awesome, awesome. So you guys know how we get down, guys. Be sure to go on Todd's website. Um, send him a message. Let him know what about the podcast stood out to you guys. And also be sure to subscribe to both Todd V's YouTube channels. If you're a young man looking to get advice, to get support. Todd, thank you so much. My name is Afis, and I'm joined by... Todd V. And we are the roommates, guys. Thank you so much, and have a great day.